we went on an adventure and you lucky Patreon subscribers get to hear all about it with what we're calling the triple feature surprise. And I just said that. I don't know what we're calling it. What are we calling it? All day in a movie theater? Yeah. Oppenbopper. <laughs> Oppenbopper Dead Reckoning was a, a full success. Y'all, I just need you to understand what we did because this is, we've kind of talked about it, but I just want to give you the full scope. We woke up and drove almost an hour mm-hmm. to the Mall of Georgia to see Oppenheimer at the first earliest screening in IMAX 70 millimeter. There's a lot of fuckery when it comes to IMAX screens, and we technically only have one real IMAX screen. Real IMAX screen in the right. entire state of Georgia. Because some of them are like they're like it's like IMAX light, you know? Yeah, exactly. Tallahassee, Florida, we used to have a real IMAX at the Planetarium, and tickets were only eight dollars to go to the movies. But now with the AMC Plus Pass, A List Rewards, uh, we are funding Nicole Kidman. Uh, so she can masturbate in films like Killing of a Sacred Deer, which we're also going to talk about, um, and also be the goddess that guides us to cinema. So for Oppenheimer, we were at a Regal, not an AMC, and uh, I don't want to talk about it. The Peter. seats, the seats are better at AMC. For I sure. don't, I don't think anything about Regal cinemas other than them actually having an IMAX screen is good. I can't stand it. And they took away the roller coaster intro, number one. Okay, you remember that one? That was the popcorn. Yeah, they took that. And the seats are shit. And the floors are always very sticky. And when I go to AMC, the floors are less sticky. And they have those pleather chairs. Do you want to talk about the lady with the clipboard? Okay, so we were warned... And multiple tweets from people that if you're going to see the IMAX three hour super long 70 millimeter film version, there would not be previews. This was accurate and it would be starting on time. This was not accurate. And I told you in the in the regular episode, I've really been I've had to watch my uh, let's say this. My mom asked me why I wasn't voted most opinionated in high school. And I was like, I'm not opinionated. And she was like, if you think something should be a certain way and it's not, your blood boils. And she's fucking factually accurate because when it was 1042 and the movie hadn't started, I was starting to get a little mm, itchy. And then 1048 rolls around and I'm looking around and there's idiots still showing up, including the poor wives who had to go with their husbands to see Oppenheimer. How do I know? Because I know they were taking the, the husbands to see Barbie because they were already in their cute Barbie outfits, which we're going to discuss in great detail that I don't dress up for anything, Peter, just because like I can't just because I'm disrespectful. I'll just say it. All right. Like I'm not if I go to your wedding, I'm not dressing up. I don't give a shit. Uh, I'm I'm not going to dress up for anything, especially not the cinema, because I don't ever want you to get the idea that I'm, uh, you know, putting more effort into it than I than just showing up and watching it. it this is a deep psychological thing. I don't want to get into it. I wore my uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion shirt because I thought it was funny. A little, uh, a little. I did run into someone else uh, wearing an Akira shirt, which is arguably funnier. It was. You guys had the deep cut. Outfit references. I'm going to sidebar this with, I can't believe how many people dressed up like they were Oppenheimer in their fedoras, ties, and 
suit jackets. Uh-huh. I just couldn't even fathom waking up that early and putting on a tie, which is, I guess, also why I'm just like a mystery outlaw person. I don't know. I It's very clear that I'm still a toddler and I got to get over myself and I just won't do anything for anyone else unless it benefits me somewhat. Is that... That's probably not completely fair. I'm a, I'm a very kind, giving person. Either way, this girl walks in with a fucking clipboard about 12 minutes after this movie's supposed to start. She's just checking off weird seat boxes. This movie has still not started. And I'm looking around going, why show up on time at all if you can't fucking start the film when it's supposed to start? Are we just going to wait for every idiot to get here before we start it? Are we just going to act like the party didn't start at 10.40 a.m. and that we have to just sit around and wait for every Dick and Jane to get their fucking drinks because they parked late and they didn't wake up on time? This is like when people talk about missing their flights, you know? It's like, was the flight canceled? No. Was the flight delayed? No. Did you just wake up too late and you're an idiot and you didn't plan for security or have clear uh, or base your life around airport times, well, then that's on you, okay? And so I'm not going to sit around all day in the IMAX theater waiting for this movie to start. Pause. It was incredible. What a film. Seriously. Uh, whoever played Einstein, which I'm just going to guess it was actually Einstein, that guy rules. And I know he was only a small portion of the film, but I feel like his lines were sort of the crux of everything Yeah. in that whole film. Yeah. Uh, I saw a lot of complaints online about how it didn't feature certain things that they would expect in a movie about the bombs that they drop on places. Let me just say this. This is a movie about a corrupt man dealing with the fact that he shifted the world and now he can't take it back. And no matter how much he tries to tell himself that he was just doing the right thing, he's going to have to eventually deal with the guilt of the fact that he fucking allowed it to happen and did it. You know what? You know what scientists have all the knowledge, right? And you know what they don't have to do? They don't have to give that knowledge to other people. The government could have been like, y'all got to do this. And they could have had a little sidebar meeting and been like, we really don't have to do this. Let's just look like we're trying and we'll just not do it. You know, I understand the secondary sort of like, well, they're I'm Jewish and they're ruining the lives of Jewish people over there. But by the time we got to the part where they were like, Germany's done, they're surrendering, sort of felt like he just wanted to see if his, you know, own personal conquest could be. Uh, completed at that point, you know? Everybody talking them off the ledge. I want to get your initial thoughts, Peter, before I just ramp off into all my excitements over Oppenheimer. I I loved it. It was perfect. I will never watch it again. Uh, okay. All I right. was physically Requiem for a dream category. the last five minutes of the movie. Makes sense. The big twist? Are we giving too much away? I mean, obviously, if you know the story of the story... But the whole Strauss storyline being being placated inside. Now, you mentioned something about the coloring between it going from kind of a blue and white to a black and white. Mm -hmm. Is this have you confirmed this? I haven't done any further research. On I'd it. like to do further research because yeah. I don't think you're wrong. I would just like to hear some intention. But I have to imagine with Christopher Nolan that everything is intentional. I would it's, assume so. And it's sort of like, do you think it represents sort of the the crystallization of of their their motivations being shown in that point. You know, like, oh, blue and white's kind of, it's the colors, but it's not quite a black and white thing still. But then when it's black and white, you're like, oh, we know what these people are really about. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
Emily Blunt, who I just like barely recognized as Emily Blunt, was great. And really, people are like, well, a woman didn't talk until, you know, 20 minutes into the movie, and it's Florence Pugh in a sex scene. Let me just be clear. The women in this movie outacted the men in most scenes they were in. All the women, I think. And especially that scene where Emily Blunt is just... And I, I'm, I'm trying to use a more feminist term here, but when she just goes full cunty on them mm-hmm. in that fucking hearing in that mm-hmm. weird little room. Now, I accidentally watched part of a Slovenian film that was a recreation of that room hearing for a minute. And I don't speak Slovenian, but the way they said Oppenheimer was like really got my gears grinding. It was awesome. But they also had almost the same little room. Which makes me think, like, the, the visual of the same little room makes me think, like, Christopher Nolan did his research and saw this and kind of recreated this weird claustrophobic Slovenian trial room. Interesting. Yeah, I know. Uh, we got to talk about this cast. The cast of characters is unreal. Bernard from The Santa Claus. Josh from Drake and Josh. Uh, Benny Softy from Good Time. Yep. Who you may recognize also as a filmmaker. Now, I'm guessing... Have they announced the project they're doing with Nathan Fielder yet? Maybe. Because I heard there's going to be a Softy Brothers, Nathan he's doing, Fielder. He's doing something interesting right now. He is, with Emma Stone, who is also about to be in the new Yorgos Lanthimos movie. Oof. And we're going to talk about Killing of a Sacred Deer later. Don't worry, folks. We'll get to it. We have a lot to get to today. The main episode, I could not give away this content. This is premium Patreon content. Uh, I love how... So, like, the opening scenes and the early parts of the film, there's so much cut between Oppenheimer sort of being, like, a dreamy, scientist-thinking, theoretical guy, and you've got all these, like, vibrations and the waves and the particles and everything kind of splicing in, which in IMAX just look incredible and unreal, and you've got kind of the explosions, which you mentioned, you were like, I bet they did that in some kind of aquarium fish tank, and then I saw Nolan say... That's exactly what they did. Yep. Look yeah, at you. Yep. Look at you, my little my little film pioneer. Uh, but then as it gets more concrete and they go into the building phases, these scenes sort of dissipate away. And I found that very fascinating because they were sort of from his mind and being built out of his mind. Josh Hartnett, my fucking God. What a, what a return. You ever saw Crazy. 30 Days of Night? Yes. All right, that's my favorite Josh Hartnett yes. film. Now, I've heard he's done some other stuff, too, and that's great. Good for you, Josh Hartnett. He also did that Black Mirror episode, which fucking ruined my brain. Oh, uh, the Space Cuck episode? <laughs> yeah, the Space Cuck episode uh, with the culty... Was that Kieran Culkin playing a culty man? That, or was that Rory no, that Culkin? Was Rory Culkin. Rory Culkin. Rory. Rory. The rural drummer. Do you watch 30 Rock? Um, not in a long time, and I don't know if I paid enough attention. That's really a show that I put on while I'm cooking food, and then I sort uh-huh. of change to something else once I have full focus back. Lemon, you know? I think it's got a lot of potential, but mostly Tracy Morgan was about my favorite part of that show. I just thought, what a, what a beautiful, what do they call the art of clowning in France that Bobby Hill studies? I don't like, uh, hold up. I'm going to look this up. I don't care. We have as much time as we want. The fabric in Oppenheimer was insane. And Everyone's suits. Texturally. Yeah. We just got to see it on such a grand scale. Uh, there are all these subtle things happening with the focus that, like, you really 
get that from the I highly recommend seeing it in the craziest IMAX that you can. Um, the 70 millimeter is just insane to watch. Commedia dell'arte. Okay. That's the traditional clowning form. Okay. Made famous by Pierrot the Clown, uh, which is a diminutive of Peter or Pierre. So Or Pitar. Pitar. If you're a little silly Pitar, you're a Pierrot. Uh, why was I bringing up clowning? I have no idea. I don't. I don't know why I was bringing up clowning. Got lost. No, the textures and fabrics were beautiful. Also, everybody's skin was gorgeous. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't want to be too weird about people's skin. Um, I also like that they didn't de-age Killian Murphy, uh, and just like when he needed to look younger, you just like gave him a haircut. I saw yeah. somebody online being like, "Yeah, they just instead of de-aging him, they just had somebody point out like." Damn Oppenheimer, you don't eat or sleep enough because you look like a frail old man, and he and you're only 22. <laughs> you know, like it's very uh, of that ilk. Um, I'm trying to think of some of these other kind of guest stars that showed up. Uh, Matt Damon was great. Well, Matt Damon is he he gave he gave Leslie Groves a better run for his money than he's ever seen because I looked that dude up, and that dude was a you notice his neck though, right? Yes, you you brought that up specifically it after gave him a little rash. I need time to process these things because I remember walking out of that movie and I didn't even know what to say. I didn't even know. I didn't even have yeah. words. Um, somebody was like, "Oh, I needed more time with the bomb," and I was like, "It's not called Bombenheimer. It's called Oppenheimer. It's about the man." Although Benny Softy was one of the best lines. Homeboy was in the car, and he was like, "Don't you need the sunglasses or the cream?" And he was like, that's what the window's for. And he goes, well, what are you going to protect yourself from the window with? Because he expected everything to just fucking explode all over him. Uh, there was way uh, more. Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman as Harry S. Truman, who I didn't know was such a dandy. I just had no clue that Harry S. Truman was such a dandy and kind of a dick. And I enjoyed well, that part of it. He a fucking piece of shit. Uh, who's, who's homeboy who was the main... Um, the main uh, arguing attorney in the in the the trialing. Let me look it up. I'm looking it up here. I'm just pulling this cast up. Oh, Jack Quaid was in there. He did great. Uh, we love Jack Quaid. Shout out, shout out, Dennis Quaid for coming that boy out. Uh, Rami Malek with just the the top scene, the top scene of uh, the movie. I think the big turn. Uh. David Dastmalchian, who was in Suicide Squad as uh, the Polka Dot Man, I believe. I didn't see that picture. Uh, Fantastic. Uh, He was also in The Dark Knight doing some weird shit. I'm trying to think of where I really saw him. He was in Blade Runner 2017. He was in Dune. There's something he was in where I was like, yeah, that's that guy. Uh, I'm looking through a lot of, some of these people get a lot of Marvel money and that is, you know, I'm not going to watch it, but I'm really proud of them for sort of getting it where they can. You know what I mean? And maybe that was a Robert Downey Jr. pull, uh, overall. I'm not going to get too lost in him. Uh, I'm looking for, well, isn't not to skip ahead or anything, but one of the Kens you said was a a Marvel guy. Uh, oh yeah, uh, uh, from Shang Chi and the Ten Rings. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Shimulu. Yeah, he's incredible. I thought he did great. I thought more people should have seen it. Okay, hold up. Alex Wolf from Hereditary and the Naked Brothers Band. Oh, right, right, right. Uh, playing his understudy. It's Jason Clark is who I was thinking of as Roger Robb. Um, who... He was in Zero Dark Thirty, but he was also in... Uh, God, what was, the, what was my favorite? What's my favorite Jason Clark film? Uh, it might be War of the Planet of the Apes. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, it's Our Lips Are Sealed, the 2000 Mary-Kate and Ashley film that he was in. Uh, just incredible work on behalf of the the one and only Jason Clark there. Uh, Alex Wolf, though, fantastic. I'm trying to see who's this guy who played his brother. Michael Angarano uh, from... Uh, God, he was in some weird movies. He was in Almost Famous, but he was also in Sky High. You remember Sky High? I do. Uh, I wanted to bring up Sky High because that that one Alexander Skarsgård uh, documentary now we were watching yeah. featured Cousin Greg as the disgraced former child star who accidentally saw one of Alexander Skarsgård's films when he thought he was going to the Jackoff Theater. And that was his backstory. I'm going to make you go back and watch that. Uh, what was it? Ned's Day Off? Is that what this movie is? What is this guy in? I'm real excited about films. Uh, really excited about cinema, and I just want to say, if you're a, if you're out there, and you're um, a film executive, you got two options here. You can um, Google how to tie a noose, or you can pay these creatives and these writers what they deserve, because you don't you don't get the power anymore. Okay, we're done with the fucking what is God. I got to find what this guy was in because he was. Oh, that's what it was. He was the son on Will and Grace. Oh, he was uh, uh, Jack's son on Will and Grace uh, when he had to raise his son who wasn't gay, but he was very gay. That's what it is. Of course it was. Um, fantastic. Michael Ang- Angarano. I've gone deep in my Googling here. I probably should have. There's one thing we should do, and it's probably have notes on stuff, but, kind, you know, kind of, no, I'm not going to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's uh, it's not really worth it. Now, I'm trying to get, I had some more. Is this one of the Skarsgårds? Gustav Skarsgård? Yes, that is a Skarsgård. That's oh, my God. Them. Well, he was in there, too. Uh, Matthew Modine showing up in there. Fantastic. Alden Ehrenreich playing... Robert Downey Jr.'s assistant. Yes. Did you ever see Hail Caesar? Yes. He was in that one too. As the who like, was he in that? He was like the young cowboy stud. Okay. Who like, uh, I think it was Hail Caesar. I want to go back and rewatch that. Yeah, I think we definitely should. Uh, yeah, Hail Caesar as the young cowboy stud who's like a cowboy that they get to act. That's George Clooney's in that, right? Clooney's in that. Okay. Um, Jonah Hill's in that. I guess he's fallen out of favor somewhat because you shouldn't be abusive towards women or control their lives. I agree to that. Josh Brolin's in that. Channing Tatum's in that. Scarlett Johansson, Francis McDermott, Tilda Swinton. It's a phenomenal movie, and it's gone underrated. But he also played Han Solo in the Solo, a Star Wars story film. George Clooney did? No, Alden Ehrenreich did. Oh. <laughs> and he uh, he had that one line in Hail Caesar that they make him like repeat, and it's really good. When he can't get the line right because his accent's so bad when they've got him doing the yeah. pictures, and they keep having to change the line. And then I guess he was in uh, Cocaine Bear, too. Either way, 
what we're trying to get at is Wait, this... they made a second cocaine bear? No, 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 not he was also in cocaine bear. Sorry if it sounded like cocaine bear too. Although I imagine they're going to. They make raccoon. Have you heard about raccoon? It's of a raccoon course. that's on crack. Did you show the vi- raccoon video? I didn't show the raccoon God video. I'm sorry. Killer. I was supposed to show it on the stream. I feel like I've let everyone this down is now. This my next Atlanta. <laughs> oh, my God. You can't put it like that. Hold up. Who played his brother? He was great, and he looked so weird as an old man. There we go. I'm looking him up. I've seen him somewhere. I don't know where it is. Uh, oh, he was in Halloween Kills. Okay. that's uh, This is Dylan Arnold, who played... Frank Oppenheimer, the commie bastard. Uh, you can't trust these commies with the secret, with the war secrets. You know, maybe you can. Maybe you I'm a communist. You can't trust any of the old, old men with war secrets. So I think between the phrase or the word communism and the word patriarchy, there are a lot of men <laughs> this past weekend that were yeah men uncomfortable the entire time during the double feature. Well. And I'll say this, they're voting against my rights, so I hope they're as comfortable uh, as they are uh, sad. Which Wait, no, I hope they're as uncomfortable as they are sad, which is very sad and very uncomfortable. You know what I mean? Um, I it's Was it Benny Safadi? Yeah. I need an entire movie of just his face. Like, he needs the Killian Murphy treatment. He's so good. And he does the lip tremble thing. Mm-hmm. And he has weird lips. Here's good the thing, fa- Peter. Lots of good faces. I try to say this in a non-offensive way. But if you've got a real big nose and big lips, I'm like fully into it. Like, yeah, it's hard to compliment somebody and be like, I think you're hot because you have just like a giant nose and giant lips. And it's weird. And I like it. But that's sort of what I'm into. Large facial features is that's my jam. You know, I can't help it. You got a big old head. You got a big old giant head. We were speaking fully of on board. Large facial features. We were talking about how the that um, tennis horny tennis movie. I got the text from AJ who went to see Barbie an hour before us because he was just like middle of the day. I was like, our screening is full. Like, I'm sorry because we had planned this for a while and I didn't want to leave him out. But he's also like, he doesn't like going to theaters the day movies release usually because. They're too packed, it's too busy, and he has paranoia over gun crimes. Which, you know, like at this point, I I don't really blame him. There's probably going to be some gun crimes. I've sort of like, I haven't given up, but like, hey baby, if you're going to shoot me, you got to shoot me. Uh, But he went to see the movie before us, and I got the text that read, I have to see the color purple and that Zendaya's tennis sex movie. And as a single run on sentence, it was such a fascinating view of character. Because when we saw the movie, those trailers were nowhere near each other. No. There was no. at least like four movies in between those two trailers. Uh, so those are the ones. say that there was a chicken run too? Yeah, they're making chicken run too. Uh, which, is it also a... a Holocaust thing? I don't know. I mean, Chicken Run's a Holocaust movie. Yeah. How is Mel Gibson fucking cast in this, and did he know? I don't think he knew. Did you ever see Conspiracy Theory with Mel Gibson? No. On the Beaver. You talking about the Beaver? Did you ever watch the Beaver, Peter? No. I have to communicate through this Beaver, or I'm going to be an alcoholic. You better communicate through me on the Beaver. I'm going to make you watch The Beaver. We're just going to go all night on films. 
Somebody told me I watch too many movies, and I just want to tell you, if you think that, go fuck yourself, because it's the expansion of perspective and understanding of the human mind, and Mel Gibson's still an anti-Semite who I disagree with, but that Jodie Foster directed The Beaver, that's the fucking greatest. I admit, I'm a bit of a bad boy. I'm doing my hand right now, Peter. Uh, the Beaver. So, any more Oppenheimer thoughts? Uh I will watch it again, I think, but I think I'm going to be thinking the whole time about how much better it was on the big screen. The color play, the switch to black and white, uh, it it was... I'll tell you this. Here's my real thought. When they pulled up on the Los Alamos City view, all I could think of was Asteroid City. Yeah. And then it made that joke in Asteroid City even denser, where there's just the atomic bombs going off in the distance. You know, there's just like that running gag yeah, yeah, where they yeah. keep testing yeah. the atomic bombs. Uh, it was their own little asteroid city. Killian Murphy, though, just eating on every level. I did like to point out that the two biggest opening movies on this day featured people who had played Batman villains. Yes. Scarecrow and Harley Quinn. Yes. Uh, so good for y'all. And it proves that there are good actors from these superhero movies and that they also are willing to just kind of do some schlocky shit. Uh, for big paydays. And shout out to Robert Downey Jr. I thought he did really great. Um, you know, everybody kind of made him the star of the show. But I also, I still think the best actor in the whole film was uh, Einstein. Potato salad and smoked salmon. <laughs> he doesn't even talk like that, but it was it was good. So from Mall of Georgia, we left, came back, took the baby out. Took the baby out. And then we went and got five guys. Yes. I scarfed a fucking cheeseburger down, uh, and I and I I thought you were gonna eat some French fries, so I got a lot of ketchup, and then I ate as much ketchup as I could while I was eating French fries. And I think we needed to eat a big cheeseburger after that movie just to like reaffirm our American spirit. You know, <laughs> America does two things great, well, three things great: atomic bombs cheeseburgers and abandoning our children to starve and die from poor health care you know is that too is it too dark no, 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 no accurate accurate it there was i don't know i've been feeling a general heaviness from oppenheimer they get it rooted something deep in there and we did do cor the correct order because i don't think i could have taken that movie seriously after uh barbie oh yeah no way uh, I do want to say that we did it in the correct order, and I'm I'm getting a little ahead of myself by saying this. In Oppenheimer, man destroys people with weapons. And in Barbie, man destroys itself with its emotional understanding of itself. And then in Mission Impossible, man destroys itself without man at all, only using the computer robots we've created that have become sentient. So really, it's kind so of an extension bad. of destruction. Uh, let's get into Barbie. Yes. I do want to say sorry uh, if you had to deal with us, but also if you're at the movies and you're talking and you're loud. Oh, no. I'm no, not sorry you. if you had to deal with us. Go fuck Go yourself. Go fuck yourself. This was, and I knew it would kind of be like this, and I kind of had to peel myself back a little bit. If you went to see Barbie the first day and you were talking through the whole movie, you should fucking, you should kill yourself. That's all I can say. It was bullshit, but I did see a spiciness out of Peter. Uh, that I loved when you told the, the couple that they have to shut up uh, and they have to turn their phone off. Yeah, yeah, I had to. I had to snap it to sets of adults 
Uh, yeah. One for talking during Barbie, the other for pulling their phone out during the beginning of Mission Impossible. How dare you? How dare you? What are you doing? And I also, uh, I have to... clap your feet. Yeah, I did the clap. in front of us. They were, it felt like drunk 21-year-olds who were like, had never had sex with a person and were like surprised they could... It felt like homeschooled kids that had never been let out of their crate. Yeah. Allowed into the world for the first time. And I let it go on for a little while because they were just annoying as fuck. Uh, But I did clap my flip-flops at them pretty aggressively from behind to let them know this was not going to be the case. Now, I also... Was this during Mission Impossible or Barbie where the people were in the wrong seats and the cuck oh, made his girlfriend sit in a different so seat? funny. This has nothing to do with the movie, but there that were people... Mission Impossible. Was it? Yeah. Okay, well, I just want to say to this gentleman... I hope she fucking leaves you because your thought when people were in your seat was not to make them move, but to have you and your girlfriend sit separately in different seats that were not near each other. He did the, oh no, it's, it's okay. It's not okay. I, you know, I'm not here to stand up for the patriarchy after watching Barbie. I'm here to say, if you're going to take anyone out in public on a date and somebody is sitting in your assigned seat. You got two options. You ask him to move or you do what has caused my partner to not want to go to the movies at all and you shoot him in the chest. Okay? I'm not recommending the second one uh, in any serious manner, but it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. How... how, That relationship ended that night. Oh, I think the relationship next to me ended during uh, during, uh, Barbie too because uh, the guy sounded like an idiot, number one. He kept repeating jokes instead of just laughing and oh. smelled like the worst the worst cologne I've ever smelled. And you could feel the tension of the woman next to him that he had gone on this date with. Oh god. Thinking to herself, like, I don't need no fucking man. I don't need no fucking man. This guy's an idiot. I almost wanted to point out like she's gonna dump you, bro, and you smell like shit. Uh but I did not. Uh, and I let it go on. And then you snapped at that couple and I was like, Oh my God, Peter. Oh, you bold creature. It's just water. There's no food in the bowl. I don't know. It sounds terrible, but there's nothing better than... um the, oh my god i'm so sorry yeah you should be fucking sorry because we're not here to listen to you fucking talk no. we've all chosen a group adventure to watch one thing together we've chosen this place to watch this what, what does nicole kimmon say we come to this place for you to shut the fuck up all right you want to be in movies you want to be the focus it's of the movie fucking church though i'm sorry like i it's also as an adult I spent money to be there, mm-hmm. and I spent my time to be there as right, well, right. which equals out to money. Shut the fuck up. I watched an experimental film today called The Dumbass Landlord Tries to Fucking Fix a Washing Machine for Two and a Half I'm Hours. I'm so sorry. That sounded terrible. I'm sorry. I had to keep you in there with Lucy. I, I should have just let her out to bite his legs. Go off and... with the Hey, Siri, flashlight. Hey, Siri, flashlight. Just the oldest, I can't, I'm not going to, he's probably a Patreon subscriber. He probably wants to know what we're thinking. Uh, all right, let's actually talk about the film, Barbie. We we got our, our moods out. I did have to apologize to AJ because he asked me to hit my vaporizer. 
uh, as the movie was starting, you saw me kind of rush out to deal with that. Yeah. And I was very rude about it. Yeah. And I had to apologize for the rudeness. But then he apologized and said, I'm sorry, I didn't know your movie was starting right then. Uh, I do want to say AJ reviews of films are very different than our reviews of films. He's texting me before we get into the theater because we were pretty early. And he says, this movie's boring so far. And then he says, just kidding, America Ferrera's here. <laughs> and I was going, what part of this was boring to you? He told me later, he said, well, I'd seen many of those scenes in the trailer. And I was like, there's a Lizzo song. It's going crazy. The repetition is getting out of control. Uh, the problems are arising. And it builds to her thinking about death. Like, it was perfect. Yeah, that is okay. That is the only criticism that I have of that movie. And it is more about the marketing than anything. And I am just doubling down on my no trailers, no anything beforehand. Yes. Because that opening would have hit a gazillion times harder if I, that hadn't have been the teaser. Did you see the math they did where they figured out the Barbie is 23% too large for her house if you buy the toys? G- production genius. Like the entire way. And they across. used real sets. Like obviously Incredible. not everything is real. But I also saw some of the behind the scenes and they were using like painted background sets for the vehicle transitions. They were using the like animatronic shark things that were rolling in circles or the dolphins. Yeah. It was so perfectly done in that sense. And uh, I am going to say, I do think Will Ferrell is playing the same character from the Lego movie and they just couldn't say it out loud. That's really funny. I need to watch the Lego movie. Oh no. The Lego movie is like, uh, it's, it's, it's a, I'm so sick of having to give props to fucking Chris Pratt. But damn, that's a good movie. And Tegan and Sarah have that fucking song in there. Everything is awesome. Everything is cool being a part of our team. It's great. It's phenomenal. Uh, this film did not go where I expected it to, but it went in the right direction. Now, you said there has been some criticism from women about the film. But I think I think of it like a toy, right? Like, you know, if you're a child and you're getting Barbie airline pilot, you don't have to understand. Oh, no, I have, fly. A f- I have a friend who saw it, didn't like it and can't reconcile the fact that everyone else. Like it's some stupid contrarian shit. They're in their early 20s. So I will give them. Yeah. OK. A pass on that. Every single person that I've run into that is a woman that has seen it has this twinkly glowing expression in their eyes like they saw something that was made. Yes. For them. And it was beautiful. Before I get too deep and start kind of getting into the all the candor of this, I just want to say, I, as someone who doesn't dress up, was so fucking pumped to see how many people wore beautiful Barbie pink outfits. Yes. Uh, there was one lady that was in, in this, like, it wasn't even like a perfect Barbie pink, but it was like a pattern jumpsuit thing. And I was like... I want that with all of my heart. Like the outfits I saw got me so fired up, but we also got to see group of bros in the, because here they are Nicole Kidman shirts. I, yeah, I, yeah. Oh my God. I want it so bad. The amount of people packed out at 10 in the morning to go see a movie. Cinema's back. Amazing. Baby. I yeah, love it. And it was consistently up. packed all day. Like there all were day, so all many night. people. Even seeing mission impossible later in the evening. Still pretty yeah, packed. Still packed out. And and that movie's been out for two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, before we get into Mission Impossible, we got a lot more to talk about. I don't give a damn. This is a long, beautiful Patreon episode. This is our main event this week, mm-hmm. and we're not even going to let our outsiders know what's going on here, because this is all I've been waiting to talk about. Okay, so the whole patriarchy thing. I think 
Ben Shapiro is a fucking idiot, and I've thought that since before this. But the idea is not that the patriarchy is uplifting men or downplaying women. It's that it's these concepts that we have of what our roles are supposed to be are ruining things for everybody. And I saw somebody say, well, the Barbies still weren't treating the men respectfully, uh, you know, and they weren't even going to let them get a real judge seat and they weren't, you know, going to, uh, you know, let on their advances. But it's like, yeah, but how do you think women feel all the fucking time? How do you think women feel all the time when we look at them as, meat bags that we have possession of and rights to and that we laugh in their face when they have uh dreams of doing more you know and and seeing the kens kind of try to figure out that ken song's been stuck in my head oh i'm just ken i bought the hoodie i fucking ate it and bought the hoodie and it's expensive and i don't care but you know what peter i am kenoff <laughs> Uh, Ali catch was not happy about the matchbox 20 catching strays, but I was like, listen to the lyrics. I want to take you for granted. I want to hold you down. I want to push you around. And it, you know, these guys all sitting around singing this heartfelt thing. And then the girls going, and then we're going to trick them. Got me so fired up. The Ken fight scene was probably the best scene in all of cinema. Yeah. Cause it goes from being a fight to immediately being a dance off. Yes. Like, come on. Yes. My job is beach. The beach off jokes? This was not a children's movie. Oh, it was not a children's movie at all. Oh, you want to beach off? I'll beat you off. I'll beat you off right now. It, yeah, I know. I fucking loved it. I thought, like, if you walk away from that movie thinking that it's hating on men, you didn't watch the movie. Yeah, it's asking everyone to be individuals and not define yourselves by what society is telling you your role is supposed to be. It's... it was, as I guessed it probably was going to be, it was very metaphysical and just the fact that, like, you have these two representations of reality with Barbie land and then the real world and then reconciling all those things. And then, you know, the conversation at the end about ideas versus people and how people are impermanent ideas are forever. And, the, I mean, like, the the whole thing is asking you how well do you know yourself? How well do you relate to the other people around you? Are you actually building everyone up or are you pulling yourself down and everyone else down with you as well? So that they don't escape your little box exactly. to make you feel uncomfortable. But I do also like the idea of the ideas because even after being confronted with, you know, you can be this immortal idea that is a... Uh, a forever living on space in people's minds that helps them adapt and grow themselves. Barbie still chooses touch and reality and participation. And I think we have to balance ourselves just like Robert Oppenheimer did between being theoretical in our physics physics and being practical in our physics Mm -hmm. and finding a balance between constantly just thinking and dreaming and having ideas and wonderful things and then putting it into practice and taking the risk of failure and the obvious risk of death and the end of permanence, you know? Uh, someone pointed out that the the rainbow entrance to the executive room was almost an exact replica of a scene in the Holy Mountain. Yep. And I think that's... Yep. This is the kind of cinema yep. I want to see that has Lizzo and Dua Lipa and John Cena and Ryan Gosling and also references to, the Holy to 1978's <laughs> The Holy Mountain. Come on! That is... <laughs> Yeah, I the team and obviously Greta Gerwig gets all the flowers and praise, but I know that Noah Baumbach helped her do some of this. And those two together, obviously, as a couple, I think they have enough room to 
push each other a little bit in weird directions and kind of, I don't want to say like go over Mattel's head. I'm sure they understood it, but they, she's excited about Barbie right now. Little Lucifer. Bebop's been laying on the floor in front of the couch like more lately, and I'm really into it. So did you see the thing about how, like before the movie came out, they're talking about how a Mattel executive had to come to set because he was trying to cut something and they acted it out for him, and he was like, no, 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 I get it now. What do you think it was? It, they revealed it. It was the um, woman on the bench, the bus. Oh. Why did they want to cut that? This is Barbie seeing imperfection for the first well, time look, in her life and and still saying that it it, it is beautiful the, to her. Their immediate reaction to this past weekend is we're doing 10 to 15 um, toy movies. So I think they missed... Ooh. They missed what this was. Lena Dunham's Polly Pocket coming to a theater near you. It's it's a parody of itself. Hey, here's my film idea. This is my and I know we're on a writer's strike and I don't want to I'm not writing for the studios at all. I don't want to be a scab. Here's my idea for the Uno film. Reverse. (laughs) Just just reverse that idea completely. The fuck are you talking about? Uno is not a film and I won't stand for this. Um did you see the Tetris movie? No. We might we might have to watch it, but I heard it's pretty bad. Maybe I think I just talked myself out of it. Yeah, I think I'd rather see the Beanie movie than the Tetris movie. Our official sponsor this week is the Beanie Bubble, starring Zach Galifianakis, uh, Sarah Sarah Snook, and um, someone else who Beanie Babies. Uh, who's who, the? What's your favorite favorite Beanie Baby? My favorite Beanie Baby is the Kangaroo Beanie Baby because it comes with a baby kangaroo, so it's like you got two in one. And also, we're going to talk about Talk to Me in a minute, which features um, great kangaroo you, scenes. <laughs> I mean, this whole thing is spoilers for all of these movies. Spoiler alert! But you've seen the the smiling rapper Robert Oppenheimer that says, "I'm here to see my gynecologist." <laughs> no, but I love this. The only appropriate use of AI is when making silly smiling pictures of Robert Oppenheimer. I agree completely with that uh, nature. Um, but I loved. I love. It did such a good job of ma- of putting Mattel in its place, saying there are sins that we've committed. We do have to write those. And also, here are all the bad ideas, like the Barbie whose army squeeze and her tits get bigger. Yes. Something they actually made. Uh, fantastic. And they showed and all the those sugar Barbies daddy the Barbie. Sugar daddy, because he's sugar's daddy. And then there was magic earring. Magic uh, earring, yeah. And then uh, video recording Barbie which is very real and had a camera on the front that had a video screen on her back. I just saw a thing. It was um, You're Going Home Barbie, which is an adoption Barbie. Does it come with a baby? It comes with a, like a little Asian baby. That is strange, but you know what? More power. To- I see what they're trying to do, which is be inclusive and yeah. have everyone shown. But I also don't think you need like Angelina Jolie's Barbie where she just collects all the different races of children to raise for her militia. So the the next movie that we're getting is, uh, what is it, Daniel Kaluuya's doing? He's doing Barney. Barney. Yes, and I heard uh, Florence Pugh in the running to be uh, Baby Bop. Uh, BJ to be played by, uh, not BJ from Righteous Gemstones, but Walton Goggins, uh, obviously. Be of, excellent. Uh, Baby Billy's Bible Bonkers. 
I don't know. I don't know where it's going. I'm going to see it. I'll see Daniel Kaluuya in anything. He's another guy who can just like the the acting when he's not saying anything is so good. Like just thinking back to Nope and thinking back to Get yeah. Out. Just he is so good at like conveying a hundred paragraphs in just a glance or a hold of a pose. Mm-hmm. And so you know what? If he's gonna play Barney, let's fucking go. Let's fucking go. Clean up, clean up everybody everywhere, or I'll slit your throat. They said it's gonna have adult themes. So I'm excited about that. Uh I wanna point out another thing. Um, the weird Barbie, when they go back and it's Ken World, she's turned into like kind of a militant looking feminist. And someone pointed out online like that's the way men view all the weird women is like they're they must all be militant feminists because she so gets like funny. a weird like more together mohawk and like smoky eye and she has on kind of military garb and it go, it's like yeah the weird girls they're just like they hate men they're militant feminists i thought it was phenomenal um i thought Issa ray as the president was so good she had some lines in there that were just like eating it up the main core group of barbies were hilarious yes those ladies yes. just like they had lines they had charisma seeing the girls get snapped out of their their uh they've had a they've had kenuff they had had kenuff but the kins uh, also john cena yeah as a mermaid just what a wig poor dua lipa her wig looked like shit i'm sorry to say it but maybe the mermaid barbie's wig did look like shit but i also think they should have had her have different color wigs because they had that mermaid barbie where if you dipped her in water her hair would change colors yes so I thought there should have been reference to that, but John Cena looked glorious. None of those children survived. What What is the house called? The uh, uh, Mojo Dojo Casa House? The, Mo- the Mojo Dojo Casa House? Uh-huh. Yeah. I want one of those, I think. I know I know. we're supposed to learn against it. The pretend you haven't seen The Godfather and let him explain it so he's distracted is the most hilarious straight dude thing of all time because we've all been there. Did you have you seen the Scorsese being cute TikTok? No. Oh my god. Okay, I need to send. Okay, you this. we'll we'll get into that. Okay, are we ready for Mission Impossible? I'm ready for Mission Impossible. In between Mission Impossible, I ate an entire burrito in how much time, Peter? Maybe two minutes. Maybe two minutes, and then we went to Target, or we went to Target first. We went to Target first. It was uh, we were looking at Barbies in Target. It'll be out on the vlog. The vlog's gonna be great. We got some movie footage. And uh, me going to a cool restaurant buying a meatball sub. Those are the main focuses of this vlog. I think it'll be phenomenal. I think you'll enjoy the vlog. Um, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 fucking ripped. I, I thought I'd be done at this point. I Yeah. I was Hol- not done. Holy shit. I, it felt like we had just gotten to the movies. Uh, I loved listening to the blank check about this because they made the greatest point of all, which was sort of... The character of Ethan Hunt trying to do the impossible is sort of Tom Cruise's opus of saying, you cannot let real cinema die. Real in the fact of, I'm doing the stunts, we're building the set pieces, we're not letting the AI and the computers just generate what film is. And they made that comparison to Buster Keaton, and it hit me in a way that was very real. I gotta say this. This was the funniest Mission Impossible. Holy shit. Hands down. The bit of Shea Wiggum grabbing everyone's face and just sticking his <laughs> just fingers gripping. in people's mouths. But Tom Cruise also just had such a good levity. Like, obviously, these are very serious situations. But he's back to, he's back to doing hand magic. Yes. His hair's getting a little longer. I don't know. It wasn't long by any means. Uh, but 
he just had such a good smirk and vibe and confidence throughout this whole movie that I feel like the last three films have been very stressful in a sense. And this one, it was, it, it, this one was closer to like a nineties thriller, like political thriller. Like, yes, yes. Uh, and I do feel that it is setting us up for an absolutely bonkers second half. Yeah, it kept just hitting, and all the set pieces are crazy. They, of course, having ta- and we've brought this scene up multiple times for as little action as there is in the airport scene, mostly. Yeah, that is the most Mission Impossible scene of the whole film. Yeah, there's technology on top of technology. The crew is there. Uh, Benji's got to deal with a bomb. Uh, Luther's sitting in a chair figuring stuff out. Uh, Ving Rhames just like he's on a run right now. He what what else is he doing at the moment? No, I, I just mean hit... in Mission Impossible. Oh, yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. There's such a stride in his character where like I felt like he's been a, a crucial part of the last few films, but I feel like he was so necessary to this film and such a like I, a I do love how halfway through the movie he's like, I got some stuff I have to go do. <laughs> and then he's not in the rest of it. I'm going to be in a place where you can't reach me doing stuff where no one can find me and I won't be seen anymore. Good luck, Ethan. <laughs> Good luck on your journey, Ethan. Yeah, fantastic. It The whole thing was so unsettling. You have no idea what's going on. And that's kind of the point. Uh, this Gabriel dude was... That was one of my... And I had to... I had to that was part of... Lucy's Lucy's really enjoying Mission Impossible. You okay? You okay? You want to come up here, Bob? It's the kind of like inexplicable evil where like he doesn't ever give his real motives at all, which makes it so much creepier. And he's sort of just like an apparatus for this figmented computer zone where you don't even know if he's a real person. Yeah. Uh, I did like the the trick of the trailer of it's always Ethan Hunt throwing these green smoke bombs where it looked like the green smoke bombs were going to be coming from some, you know, off-brand Russian source. Yeah. It was just him being a sneaky dude. Yep. He knows yep, all the yep, tricks. Yep. He uh, He's a master of disguise. There's so much cool technology. Um, and they're doing one of my favorite things things that they've done in recent movies where they handicap themselves constantly. Yeah. Like the, the having to, um, the not being able to trust any technology whatsoever. It just gave all this extra anxiety to the whole thing. Like even when Benji is like driving the car around a mess in auto mode, you don't, you know, there's no guarantee that that's going to be okay or not loose. Okay. Sidebar, main bar, Palm Clementine who I know mostly from John Wick, which she's fine in that, but also mostly from Guardians of the Galaxy as the weird little alien woman. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah, she plays the like polite, mind-reading little alien woman. I can't remember yeah. her name right now, and I'm not that concerned with remembering her name for that. Uh, she's fucking stunning in this film, and I love when characters dress up for no fucking reason. For someone who doesn't like to dress up for things... And I think it's partially just because I always have to dress up for my job. You like like that's your little goth outfits the like whole movie. Baroque, goth, yeah. weird, powder, 
heart thing that she has going yeah. on. Just brutality. She's enjoying the violence. She's brutal as shit. It was the most Metal Gear vibe. Yeah. Of a That's a Impossible. good way to put it. Eye patches. That scene in the alley in Venice Fuck. was so claustrophobic and intense. My vape had died at this point because I'd just been sucking on it all day at the movies, and you lended me a vape to get me through this. I don't think I would have made it through it without a vape because it was high tension, high stress the whole time. Uh, and she just gets a beautiful character arc in the end when she realizes yeah. that this man's only out for himself. She's done all this to help. This man is only out for himself. Are you kidding me? And also I was worried. Here's what I worry about. All right. It's mission possible. Dead reckoning part one. You're already telling me there's another part. Is this going to feel like a complete film or is it going to be another it's 1030 at night in the theater and spider verse just did a cliffhanger and everybody's yelling at the screen. Yeah. Which I enjoy in a sense. Yeah. Cause I like when everybody else is kind of disappointed, but also it's like, I want to feel complete. This felt like a complete film. You did. It, it did. felt like it could stand on its own. I feel like I could rewatch this without all the others and be fine. Uh, I don't know. Tom Cruise is still hot. He's just like, he's a movie star, you yeah. know? Just movies and popcorn. You saw the Nathan Fielder guy zone, yeah, right? Yeah. That's all I could think of when they were about to say, like, thank you. Thank you for viewing this film in the theaters. Oh, that was great that McQuarrie and Tom yes. Cruise popped up at the beginning. We're glad you're here to see this as it's meant to be seen in on the, the big screen in the theaters. The yeah. Tom Cruise just setting us up. I've seen those before where it seems like they forced the cast into a room. Yeah. What was that one film we saw where it looked like nobody wanted to be there? There was some movie we saw, and they were like, thank you for seeing this movie on the big screen. And it was like... Well, the Babylon one was funny oh, because yeah. there was no one there. <laughs> Wait, did I see Babylon with you? Uh, no, I dragged my buddy Johnny with me, and he won't, he, like, he'll bring it up and be like, remember when you took me to see that movie? And he just has this kind of far-off expression in his eyes, like I seriously traumatized him. By People to see need to Babylon. wake the fuck up to Babylon. I will not tolerate Babylon slander. And it's probably Margot Robbie's just best role of going like, I can fucking act at any moment and do anything mm -hmm. I want. She's such a wild bird in that movie. Uh, and not a bird of prey, but just a wild bird. You know what I mean? Stop sleeping on Babylon. I had that soundtrack on repeat for two months. Da -da 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 -da. Oh, so good. And then the end where they showed Avatar, you know, like, let's say you've never seen Avatar and you're just like, here's a movie about cinema. And then you're like, wait a second, they have dragons in this movie? Avatar? I got to see Avatar. Think of how many more tickets James Cameron sold to Avatar 2 because of Babylon. I At least three. I still haven't seen any Avatars. The fuck are you doing, Peter? Not watching Avatar. Let me, let me tell you what Avatar is a, is a... It's a therapy in a sense to where if you are willing... As a person who lives in 2023, while the cities are on fire and the whales are dying, to turn your cynicism off for two hours of grandiose filmmaking, there's nothing that you don't want from cinema that the Avatar universe doesn't give to you. James Cameron takes us to Pandora, and he sinks us right in to the real emotions of the Na'vi people and the depths of their art, of their spirits, and of how they live their lives and how they prioritize themselves against what the humans want and when the whale starts talking in avatar 2 did i cry yeah but i also figured out why vin diesel was hanging around on set because he definitely voiced that whale how was that you remember at the end did you see the new guardians of the galaxy i haven't come on he voiced groot he voiced the, the iron giant 
You think he I love the Iron Giant. Yeah, because of Vin Diesel, right? Or is it... Oh, it's because of the plot and the story and the animation? I forget that it's Vin Diesel. It's Vin Diesel! It's Vin Diesel. Family. Family. Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning. Highly recommend. Glad we saw it in the theaters. Yes. The train bit. Woo! Yeah, shit kept getting fucked, but also just like the shenanigans of like, who has the key? It was very entertaining for me the whole time. When old Gabriel got on the thing and thought he'd gotten away, and he had the lighter, and they replayed that gag bit from yeah. the airport when it got swapped. Yeah. Girl. Oh, I was. That was good shit. And uh, yeah, I saw the Uncharted creator. Did you ever play any of the Uncharted games? Mm-mm. Well, they're phenomenal, and they're great. And the Tom Holland movie is weird, because why is, why is uh, Matt, uh, not Matt Damon, Mark, Mark uh, Wahlberg playing Sully because it's like a younger version, but Tom Holland's in it. Here's the thing about Tom Holland, right? He's like a he's like a good pouty twink, but he's almost like too twink for me to take that seriously mm-hmm. in this role of the Uncharted Man. I forget his name. It's like Ronnie or something. Somebody's going to correct us. We know it was Shabooms. I've been tweeted at 30 times. The bar is Shabooms. Fuck it. I'm going to Shabooms. I know. I know now. Okay. And season four was a fever dream. He was already dead. Don't come at me. Yeah, I'm claiming it right here. Eastbound and Down season four, he was already dead. He died in that crash, and he imagined on his way to heaven in his DMT trip, in the ultimate DMT trip, what would happen if he became a cool sportscaster with a Christmas concert like Elvis. Yeah. That's that's the facts. All right, we have one more movie to Yeah, we about. saw another movie after this. And granted... On a different day, though, to be clear. Today, we saw today. it. And I think we still should go see Barbie again. I need another watch on it. Maybe yeah. another two. I want a theatrical. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind waiting for it to clear out a little bit. Yeah. You know, or it doesn't seem like it's going to be that clear that soon, but it also doesn't seem like it's leaving the theaters anytime no. soon. I think this one will be around. Um, I would like to go to one of the wussy screenings, especially if they come do another one at the plaza. Just, I want to watch Barbie with all gays. Not just an all adult screening, but an all homosexual screening yeah. of Barbie. That's my impression of all of us watching Barbie in the theater. Uh, We just saw the Michael and Danny Philippou debut directorial film, Ozzy, Talk to Me, the horror movie. So if you haven't seen it, if you want to see it without spoilers, you got to stop listening right here. I'm not telling you to stop listening. Uh, Maybe you want to hear some spoilers. I'm not going to spoil everything, but I just want to say, holy fuck. Yeah. That was a ripper of a movie. It is brutal. It is gory. It is scary as fuck. It is unpredictable. And it makes perfect sense. And let's get into it. Uh, Michael Philippou, I believe, is Raka Raka. Now, I think both of them together are also known as Raka Raka. But I think Michael Philippou is who I met in Detroit because he wrestles as Raka Raka the Clown, which is a Ronald McDonald ripoff who does death matches. And on this particular evening, Jimmy Lord was trying to explain it to me. And this is before I kind of understood it. He's like, no dude, it's Raka Raka. He has so many views on YouTube and he wants to do a death match. So Jimmy had wrestled another match earlier in the night. That was also a death match. And then Raka Raka, the clown shows up late and they have another death match 
where they're just going through glass panes and doing tubes and doing just the craziest shit you've ever seen. And he's a very kind, polite Australian man who then just goes out and tries to die. And I think knowing that and having met him in that capacity, it made the film make even more sense because it is so brutal in the way that it shows violence. I think measured was the word you used. Yes. Measured in its violence. And not since like, Honestly, not since Hereditary has have I been so kind of thrown off by how violent shit got out of nowhere. And uh, before we get any further, this is the best use of Crazy Frog in any film of all time. This dumbass girl has the Crazy Frog ringtone, and it hits at the beginning, and I was annoyed by it being there. And then it hit later, and I was like, this is literal fucking genius. Yeah, I just got a message back uh, from Jimmy Lloyd. And he had shared my thoughts with them, and they were really pumped that we liked the movie so much. So, yeah, it's just me patting myself on the back that they give a fuck. But I hope that they are given the reins to a lot more. I saw a rumor that they were going to get to direct a Street Fighter movie. Holy shit. That they have just been given the reins of a Street Fighter movie, and I hope it's because they were able to show violence that well. Yeah. Because if they do a Street Fighter movie where they're really street fighting, that shit, Chun-Li could go all the way in. Jesus, Think of that shit. That'd be crazy. Uh, the acting in this movie was a bunch of unknowns who just ate the whole time. Mm-hmm. The mom was hilarious. The, the, I had seen her in something. I want to see what. When she said, uh, Riley, get your shit off the table, and it's his homework, I knew this. we were in for something. But it also, like, Australian parents I've met, this is like, if you're American and you're watching this, you're like, parents aren't like this. Australian parents are like this. Uh, they say really bad words and they know you're going to sneak out and they kind of let you get away with things. And they're a much more tempered group of people because they're not freaking out under the religious right and trying to homeschool their children and keep them away from society. This movie was... She was Eowyn in the Lord of the Rings movies. Oh my God, what? Let's go. Yeah. Oh, that that fucking rules. Um, we love it. We love an elf queen. Uh, speaking of elves, the line about the elf boy never played into anything else. The two guys were just like making fun of this kid for looking elvish, like a fantasy elf. And that never came up again. No, which is didn't. the opening of this film fucked me up. I just didn't know anything that was going on. The vibe of that party felt crazy. And then like, boom, all of a sudden this dude kills himself yeah. in the craziest way I've ever seen. I was like, buckle up, bitch. Yeah. We're in. Yeah. The Gothica font also had me kind of fired up, too. Did you ever watch Gothica with no, Halle Berry? No. Okay, let me tell you what's awesome about Gothica starring Halle Berry. There's no reason the film has to happen at all based on the ending of the film. <laughs> okay. It's one of those films where you're like, yeah, nothing happened and uh, nothing needed to happen. Oh, Welcome to Gothica. <laughs> Halle Berry picked some bad scripts for a few minutes and stayed hot through all of it. Did you ever see, are you familiar with the rapper Hurricane Chris who had the song Halle Berry? Halle Berry, Halle Berry, Halle Berry. Okay, well, there's a rapper named Hurricane Chris who had a song called Halle Berry. Okay. And his aunt was in the Louisiana State Congress. Okay. And she had him come to the Louisiana State Congress in a suit and perform the song Halle Berry. I'm going to show you as soon as we get off here. Um, in front of the Louisiana State Congress. And he starts it by being like, this song's about how a woman's so beautiful, the only woman you can compare her to is Halle Berry, and you just want to 
show her how appreciative you are of her beauty. And then he just starts screaming Halle Berry into the microphone of the Louisiana State Congress. It is, the earth is ending, and I'm glad we got that moment before it happened. It was so sick. Okay, going back to this. I'm sorry I got sidetracked by Halle Berry and Hurricane Chris. Shout out Hurricane Chris. He might have gone to jail. I don't know. Um, Doesn't matter. The girl who plays Mia is such a good actress. And I figured out how good she was during those first few possession scenes where she was just like swapped over. Yeah. Uh, Cause she was like, and then when she started speaking French during the party montage, yeah, as you described it as like a drug circle party montage of let's all get possessed by demons. The plot of this film is this, there's a magical hand and it's not corny. It feels very grounded in the way they do it. Mm-hmm. That if you grab it and you say, talk to me and let me in, the the possessed spirit that shows up randomly to this light to this place can come inside you but you can only keep it for 90 seconds they so it is a movie for people who watch horror movies like it plays with your expectations of what the next thing is going to happen but it also does stuff like here are the rules in two sentences yeah and so they broke down the rules of the game with the hand and those are the rules that you need for the entire rest of the movie. Yes. And also, the rules are broken almost immediately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And very casually. Yes. Because if you, like, break for a second, you won't notice that she goes, I think we let you go a little long. And that's where everything starts to get fucked up. Which is, like, it is an interesting drug metaphor because it is about how some people have a great time when they're doing drugs. Other people take it too far and they don't come back. That is correct. Yeah. Um, we're back. We're good. Um, it also does my favorite movie plot of all time, which is maybe I'm the bad guy. Yeah. You know, like yeah. just the uh, perspective that gets skewed that like it's too late before you realize it. And the way that the film is shot, it plays into you thinking this girl's doing the right things here. And this girl is trying to help in the best way. This little dude that played Riley, uh, Holy fuck. It he was I didn't expect obviously I'm not expecting the little kid to get like fully pulled in but I should have, you know, cuz there's only a few characters. Uh that scene where he is going bonkers with the spirit in him was one of the most jarring fucking crazy scenes when he breaks the girl's hand so she stops him from just cracking his own fucking yeah. face off. Folks, this is like I don't think I can take AJ to see this movie. I think he no, would. No, 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 he no. Would, he saw Haunted Mansion and he was like pretty scary. And I'm going, who? Yeah, you. It's good you didn't see. Talk to me, pal. He'd have nightmares for weeks about that shit. But all I kept thinking about too was you saying uh, the thing about the spirits are always all around us. You just can't always see them. And okay, the kangaroo. <laughs> yeah. One of the best uses of kangaroos in all of cinema. Uh-huh. Uh, I'll say it tops Kangaroo Jack, which was a bait and switch. Uh, not a movie about a talking kangaroo. The kangaroo only talked in the dream sequence. This kangaroo didn't have to talk because it cried. And boy, do things turn around when that kangaroo shows back up. Uh, I don't want to give you too much there. Also, the scene where Riley is shown being pulled by all the demon spirits in a hellscape Jesus fucking Christ. Was one of the most unnerving, unsettling, disgusting things I've ever seen. And his face just kind of peering through. But then also having to look at his fucked up face the whole time. And then the bathroom scene with him. 
where the spirit is seemingly still there and he starts I mean, assaulting his own head against a uh, like a mm-hmm. ceramic wall, mm-hmm. and then licking up the blood. Mm-hmm. We're spoiling a little bit here, but my god, a this isn't gnarly. It is yes, and the bite marks in the skin and everything. Yeah, because he just they just start biting everybody. Everyone just gets bitten. Yes, it is, and biting himself, and biting himself, and trying to rip his own eyeball out of yeah. his socket, oh. which was making me. <laughs> Peter just pulled away from the mic on that one. That was too far uh but it's like (laughs) they it's not like that the whole movie which is what's fucking genius about it is like when they shove your face in it yeah it's don't look away don't look away okay we're done right but then it's also like you are lulled into a sense of uh calmness and serenity at certain points that are immediately jarred away. Mm -hmm. The scene that ends in the foot sucking, which shout out any movie that features sucking of feet, uh, just kind of came out of nowhere. There was this really beautiful, intimate moment of like, you know, you're barely touching your crush. And then all of a sudden a demon woman comes out and wants to start sucking his toes. It's crazy shit. (laughs) I thought those toes were getting bitten right off. Hey, Cars. Bebop freaks out over cars. Yeah, I mean, I, I we've spoiled enough here, but I it's a highly recommend. And yeah. the thing about horror movies, and people know this, they can be awful or they can be incredible. And this just felt like visionary in a sense of like something new to horror. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm still excited about The Nun 2 from The Conjuring Universe. Okay, I'm not going to lie. Vera Farmiga's daughter uh, is in the film. She was in the first nun. Did you ever see the first nun? No. And you've never seen the Annabelle trio? No. <sighs> really? Yeah. God, we have so many movies to watch. And 13 Ghosts? Never seen 13 Ghosts. We're going to watch 13 Ghosts. I'm that's one of my favorite movies of all time. It fucking rules, dude. Okay. Oh. You want to talk about great set pieces? 13 Ghosts is some of the greatest set pieces of all time. And it's campy and horror and scary as shit. And the practical effects are so good. 13 that was Ghosts another is my great Atlanta. thing about Talk to Me. Is it's all practical. And the continual differences in the spirits and corpses that were showing mm-hmm. up. As you said, it it was the, uh, the hospice of the spirit world. Everybody was really trashed out and ruined. Uh, very poetic ending. Uh, yeah. And the kangaroo to Mia shot of the overhead of the body in the road. Oh, everything just played the way it should. And it, I mean, I know it's partially a budget thing too, but also like the whole thing was shot in such a grounded, regular way that those moments kind of stood out even more where it was so brutal and so jarring because it felt like not a film or like a, not that it wasn't beautiful and like well done and shot well and, and very, uh, squared off and and the set pieces were framed in a way that was great but also like it just felt so much more outlandish when you were getting these things because it felt like it was a part of that world don't let anybody have scissors I love a movie with scissors in the neck of made by someone who's friends with Jimmy Lloyd because it was like oh did he survive the scissor getting stabbed in him well yeah Jimmy Lloyd did twice 
said it only hurt the first time. What a time. What a time. I feel like we've gone deep on cinema on this episode. We have. Uh, I'm really honored that you guys are listening to these beautiful movie episodes and that we get to have this big moment. I believe next week we're going to be recording our uh, Bronson, Effie Burton, Peter Bird at the Movies, brought to you by Movie John. Uh, Stay up to date with us. We're going to do some. You grab the Movie John from your. Oh, I do, don't I? Yeah, I got to go up to the mailbox. Uh, Mailbox is on the podcast description. I can't remember the exact number. There's a lot of numbers with it, but it's uh, it's a place you can send us whatever you want. We've gotten some very cool gifts there before. Check the mailbox number. Uh, thank you for subscribing to the Patreon. We're going to put more content up here soon, a little bit of restructuring to make it better for everyone, and then hopefully the announcement of this live show, which I'm waiting on the, I'm waiting on the graphic, and we'll make our dreams come true. Very cool. You're going to have a meet and greet line at the Big Gay Brunch. This is exciting. Good. Welcome to the world. That's the thing is, I forget often that you're in a position where you're constantly hearing about this weird world I'm going into, Uh but you've never been in this weird world. No. You've never seen when I show up and I'm the mayor. No. As they say. It's uh, it's a different different vibe for sure. I'm going to go be the mayor. Believe that.